Hello, everyone. This is Alan Bolio from ITR Economics. Thank you for joining us on the webinar the other day. We want to finish answering the questions that came in that we did not have time to while we were together. Uh, it was brought out to our attention, and rightfully so, by the way, that on our single-family permit slide, we did not have uh, Michigan. Uh, we apologize for that, especially for everyone from Michigan. And if you send an email to us, uh, we'll make sure that we send you the updated slide. Um, you can email me if you'd like, alan, A-L-A-N, at itreconomics.com, and I will be more than happy uh, to send you that missing slide. Okay, um, I was also asked if there are new industries of note that have been created as a result of this pandemic. A fascinating question. I don't remember ever been asked that before, so I spent some time pondering it, and I came up with the unsatisfying answer of none that I'm aware of. We were making masks and ventilators, we were making gowns, we were making all kinds of things before. I suppose the plexiglass people are happy, but they existed before, so I'm afraid I can't not think of anything for you to go out and invest in or aim your, your business at. Uh, I did mention uh, investment acquisition and equipment is a good place to invest right now, and the question was, would I say the same for technology and automation in office operations? And the answer is a huge, absolutely. Um, drive your efficiencies now. Costs are less than they, what they will be in the future. If you have to finance it, interest rates will be higher in the future. And you want to make sure you have all those efficiencies in place uh, for when we get busier in 21 and then on into the future. So, yes, absolutely, and good take. Uh, good takeaway from the, from the call, from the webinar. You want to be doing that. Okay, earlier I grouped uh, the... Uh, questioner said, furniture with kitchen cabinets and projected a rebound, not until next year. Uh, why does remodeling spending look optimistic, but cabinetry is not as optimistic until next year? Well, there are two answers for that. Uh, and the answer that, that makes the most sense is that with the grouping of furniture also included office furniture. And as it included the institutional furniture, I should say, as well as residential, but the institutional furniture in all into one lump sum, uh, that was certainly a drag. And while uh, kitchen cabinets were in there, it was not just kitchen cabinets. So the, the institutional furniture will provide for more of a drag and why that will extend into 21. Uh, you're gonna find that the kitchen cabinets themselves on the remodeling side is gonna behave a lot like what we talked about for remodeling, where later this year, you're gonna look for the 312 rate of change, the quarterly year over year comparison to reach a low. And then you're gonna find a three month moving total for remodeling to also reach a low later this year. And that means that cabinetry going into remodeling should do the same. Now cabinets going into new construction uh, should be doing well and continue to do well. So it's the remodeling aspect that's uh, gonna pull the cabinets with more energy, more of a rising trend, add that to the new construction. Sorry for the confusion. There is no just cabinet manufacturing production index that we can get our hands on. And you might remember the mortgage applications uh, for new homes is very encouraging, spurring that housing starts forecast so that there's not much problem this year. And the mortgage applications for refi was not encouraging at the moment, saying that the refi uh, and remodeling part will be uh, tougher through the next quarter or two, and then we're going to see some of that rebound begin. Right now, though, the refi, which a lot of that goes towards paying down debt or remodeling, is on the weaker side. 
Are manufacturing labor rates projected to rise? Uh, yes, yes, they are, but uh, I don't know when, uh, which I'm sure is the disappointing part to that answer too, or even how fast. Uh, part of that hesitancy in the how fast, because if you had asked me in other areas, I'd be more uh, outgoing with the answer, is that manufacturing in America has to start improving on labor productivity in order to enhance output and competitiveness and profits and stock valuations. Uh, there has not been a lot of investment in, in enhancing labor productivity. So as we enhance labor productivity through automation and other tools, uh, that means that the demand for uh, physical human labor, while it will still be there, will not be as strong as in some other areas like say trucking. So labor rates in manufacturing are going to be going up as you compete against the trades uh, like trucking or even other trades like carpentry. Um, so yes, expect some rise, but you're only going to feel a competitive pressure, I think, more than uh, anything else. Now, there's a lot of job openings in manufacturing, and they will be for time to come, also pushing people into automation. The big takeaway here from this question is... Um, if you are a manufacturer, you need to be investing in automation to improve your labor productivity so that you need less people, can fix the cost, and can make sure that you are uh, enhancing your profitability as you go forward. Uh, what do I see happening with precious metals in 2021 and 22? Do I see gold surpassing 3,000, for example? Uh, gold is not currently a forecasted series, but with no inflation this year, and with the fear of COVID passing, there wouldn't seem to be a lot of upward pressure on gold in 2020 or 21. And uh, really, as you get into 22, you're not going to see, I, I don't think, a lot of upward pressure. There's not going to be a whole lot of inflation out there in 22. It's likely to be, you know, comfortable, 21 comfortable, which doesn't tend to spur in gold up to 3,000. Now, in the latter part of the decade, where we do expect more inflation, you can expect more upward pressure on, on gold. The inflationary pressures tend to benefit the price of gold. My caution to you there is uh, be careful with gold. Uh, a lot of people can make a lot of money, but it is not as easy as the commercials make it sound. And uh, what I have found in my travels is that all too often, all too often, people fall in love with gold. There are a lot of things in, in this world, a lot of people, in this world to fall in love with and to a lot of things in life that you can love, but gold should not be one of them. Because as soon as you fall in love with gold, you don't want to sell it. And if you don't want to sell it, it's useless to you as an asset. The only reason to have an investable asset is because you're willing to sell it at the right time. I've seen too many times over the year where gold becomes uh, the measure of my security, the measure of my wealth from different people. And therefore they won't sell it even if it reached $3,000 and, and uh, you know, it, pretty plain that's going to be going down in the future. That's still, it's my gold and uh, they won't sell it. So if you're going to fall in love with it, buy real estate. If you're going to, or buy silver, buy something else that you're not going to fall in love with. They're not going to likely see a lot of rise right now, but I want to circle back. We do not have a current working forecast. That's just a, a qualitative analysis, not a quantitative one. Uh, and as we look at, at everything going on, uh, in the world around us. I hope you got the sense that uh, on the residential side, especially you're in a good place. You need to be investing in yourself as you go forward. Make sure your productivity is where it should be. Make sure you have the factors of production lined up. If you are um, worried about cash, 
do everything you can to get state as well as local funding. Uh, there is some question about in people's minds because on the during the webinar I said that Main Street is not being uh, loose, let loose yet by the Federal Reserve Board. That's absolutely true. Uh, often you'll hear about Main Street lending. That's at the state level. That's two very different things. Some states are, have things called Main Street lending. Uh, don't confuse it with the Federal Reserve Board. So go to your state for Main Street lending. Make sure you have cash. Make sure you have more cash than what you think you're going to need so that you're ready for 21 and everything that's going to provide you. Uh, the, the somewhat pejorative term right now is, is zombie companies. You don't want to be a functioning company but uh, really be among the walking dead because when the business starts to expand, if you can make it through the contraction, which in this industry you shouldn't be, but uh, if you're just kind of getting by on cash and you don't see enough cash to carry you into a busier climate, you become among the walking dead. Don't let that happen to you, uh, please. If you need to, think about selling uh, in a in an environment where you still have cash, working capital, uh, accounts receivables, and things that can add to your value. All right. I hope, uh, again, you enjoyed the webinar. Look forward to seeing you in the June webinar where we take a slightly different, we will take a different tack and, and approach the subject uh, in a, from a different angle. I hope you all have a great day. Thank you very much for joining us and for listening to this podcast.